from World Renew, the Office of Social Justice, and the Center for Public Dialogue of the Christian Reformed Church of North America, this is the Do Justice Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Do Justice. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Orm. And I'm Vanessa Alvarez. And today we talk about peace, which we all need right now. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. John Lennon said, give peace a chance. It's something that's on our hearts. It's on our minds. And as we enter the Advent season, we talk a lot about peace and what that means and what it means uh, when we talk about the incarnation, about Jesus breaking into the human story and bringing peace and being peace. So we sit here and we talk about it and we're super, super grateful to have uh, Nick Coates, Reverend Nick Coates from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Nick is the minister of Red Deer Lake United Church. He also happens to be my best bud. And so this is a super, super cool treat um, to be here to do that with, uh, with Nick and with Vanessa. Uh, Nick, why don't you introduce yourself for our audience? Hey guys, I'm so thankful and happy to be here. Thank you for having me. As Chris said, my name is Nick. I am a minister. I'm a spiritual director. I'm a like a wannabe writer. I'll just I'll own that. And my my jam, my joy in life is helping people discover what it means to be to be human and alive in this world. That's what I think Jesus is all about. Mm. And I, I'm just super stoked to be here to talk about peace and what that means. Because you're right. Uh, we need some peace in our lives and our world, our world right now. Um, and this is a really evergreen, timely and important topic. So yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah, we need, we need to talk about it. Um, and it's, and it's part of, you know, for those of our, our listeners who are part of the Christian tradition, it is a part of our tradition. It is something that we talk about. It is something that we meditate on and focus on. And so, yeah, like, how do we do that in this time? How do we do that in a polarized time? Uh, how does it affect uh, mm-hmm. and imprint itself on the work of justice that we all feel called to to do and live into? There's there's a lot there with peace. And before we sort of get into the conversation, one of my favorite theologians, if not my favorite theologian, Jürgen Moltmann, says Ooh, this about so peace. Good. He says, peace is not merely the absence of war. It is also the overcoming of injustice and oppression. In positive terms, it is life that is blessed, affirmed, loved, and successful. Life as shalom. I'm hoping today that we can use that as a bit of an anchor for some of our conversation. The active terms of peace, what does that look like? Uh, and so, yeah, let's, let's, let's get into it. Yeah. So when we talk about peace... What is it that we're talking about? You know, we've been throwing out that word. What is shalom and why does it matter? I mean, I don't know if I can top Jurgen Moltmann. Right. Uh, like that's, that's one of those quotes <laughs> that we almost need to like read again. Yes. This is like, well, what, what did you just say? Yeah. But yeah, you, you, both, you both really, you nailed it because you've thrown out a word that, that is really important in our tradition. And that's the word shalom. Mm-hmm. And it's the Hebrew word for peace, but it's not just any kind of peace. Um, it's as Moltmann kind of hinted at there. It's this deep, robust, just sense of connection amongst God, us, mm-hmm. each other, and creation. 
-hmm. And so it's not only this external piece, it's also this interior inside kind of piece. Um, this piece that comes out of this extravagant and indiscriminate love that, that God is. And so it has to be this communal peace amongst God, ourselves, each other, and creation around us. And so it's not necessarily the absence of pain and suffering, but the, the perseverance of love and justice through that. I, I love that, like, the way that you framed it there. We talk about tension and struggle between people, but we're also talking about internally um, yeah. whole, you know, that sort of holistic thing. And we're also talking about, yeah, I love how you said with creation too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say like, well, why, why does it matter? Like, like, like Vanessa asked yeah. in, in our calling. It, it matters because that's the, that's what we need to thrive and to grow and to not only become the transformed people that God calls us to be, but to transform this world into the world that God wants it to be. And so you can't have just, you can't have justice without peace. You can't have peace without justice. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and the pursuit of Shalom, both the, and this is the hope of our faith, both that like descending peace, that time when heaven meets earth, when creation is as it will be, mm -hmm. but also those intermittent moments when we can just be like, Oh, <laughs> yes like i feel at home in my body that's shalom yeah i feel at home with you guys in my community that's shalom oh i get a second chance that deep breath that's shalom mm. like we need shalom in order to keep going mm. because shalom is that is one part of that sense where we can trust and hope that everything is going to be okay even when everything is not because we know that we're not alone. And if we can be at peace with God or each other, like sometimes that's enough just to keep on going. Yeah. And to know that we're not at odds with each other, to know that we're in solidarity with one another. I think that sense of, of peace and shalom is kind of what we need to fight the battles we need to fight, to have the conversations we have to have in order to move forward in our lives and in this world. Yeah. So at, at the same time, shalom, peace is the thing that we are fighting for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it makes longing for longing yeah. for it sounds weird to say we're fighting for peace. We're fighting, but it's that place we want to get to. But at the same time, it sounds like it's kind of like the fuel for what we're doing too. Yeah. And that's that already, but not yet bit of our, of our faith where it's a thing we hope for and long for that ultimate reality that, that we just have to trust in some ridiculous way as possible. Mm. But it's also something that we can experience now. If Jesus is the peace, if Christ is the peace, we can have access to that now, however incomplete or fleeting. And so, yeah, fuel is a great word. It's the fuel for our fire to be like, no, this matters, and we have to fight for this, and this is possible. Mm. And that's the, that hope that we have, that we can have peace now, but also in the future. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, and that's the future that God has called us to create. Mm -hmm. That's that tikkun ulam, that, that's that thing we're preparing and restoring this world to be is a world of peace. Ooh, talk about that one a little more. The, the, so what was the term again? Tikkun ulam. I think yeah. that's, how, that's my like, you know, non Jewish pronunciation of it. Oh. It means being repairers and restorers of the universe. Ooh. 
that's awesome. Legit, yeah, right? Isn't that just so beautiful? Repairers and restorers of the universe. Sign you get hints up. of it in Isaiah where that calls to be rebuilders of walls and repairers of roads. Mm. And it's this throwback to this image we were given in the very beginning in Genesis where everything was as it was meant to be, where there was that shalom between God, our, us, each other, and creation. We lived in harmony, but then humanity, we messed it up. Mm-hmm. And we deviated from that, that reality and vision that God said we could have. Mm-hmm. And in what I understand in the Jewish faith and what we kind of get through Jesus in our tradition is that part of being human is to be a repairer and restorer of the universe to work towards putting things back to rights. Yeah. And so we have to be makers of justice. We have to be makers of peace. And everything we do and the way we inhabit the world is to kind of, let's go back to the beginning. Hmm. And so how can we kind of work towards restoring the world through our faith back into one where we can be connected to God, each other and ourselves and be in peace? Yeah. I don't know about you guys and our listeners, but just talking about it, talking about peace is giving me peace like it's like oh just the idea and just the because like we just said we're just longing for that so we're just processing because like oh that sounds so good and that's how you know i think like that's that's my sign to me that like that's just baked into our being when like some part of us our souls are like yes i want that yes and we just had this natural like desire for it right and it's also in there that we recognize the lack. And we're like, oh, I need that mm-hmm. for myself. But also, I mean, especially in today's world where it's just so, it feels extra divisive these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a piece almost on every level of our being where I know for me, like physically, I'm not at peace. Like I've got like anxiety and depression going on and like every moment seems to change and there's just no mm-hmm. stability. Yeah. Mentally, I don't have peace because it's just one worry and fear and to do at the next after the next. Mm-hmm. There's relational disorder and chaos where I'm like, how do we like manage to be in community and in my family and in my work? Like that's just all whack. Right. And then there's like spiritual chaos and stuff going on too, where I have all these questions that I'm forced to ask right now of that really rock the boat. Mm-hmm. And like, God, where are you? And like I have to really question the capacity of our human nature right now. And so I'm with you. Like I talking about this feels good because I, I long for peace and all those things. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are in that boat where we're like, I just need some, some quiet. I need the volume to get cranked down. I need a deep breath. I need the air to be rearranged and have some, some order mm-hmm. and calmness in my life and my world. Yes. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm thinking about how, I like what you said, Vanessa, and Nick, I like how you kind of gave us a way to understand it. And I think the idea of, yeah, we're talking about this, we're speaking these things right now, and it just feels better. And, and, and for me, it kind of, it harkens back to the, you know, the creation story, you know, we were told mm. that the creator speaks these things into existence, speaks light and life and takes 
chaos and makes order out of it by speaking with with the words these things into existence and i'm like yeah we're kind of doing that right now too on a (laughs) much smaller scale but like Mm. you know you know if we if we live into that thing of like yeah we are created in the image of the creator you know who spoke these words of life and hope and peace Mm -hmm. we can do that too we can we can reflect that image by by doing the same um for where we are right now both in the calendar year and in the midst of a global pandemic um in the midst of an awakening of racial justice uh Mm. in the midst of a highly highly polarized political landscape um you know we 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 talk about it in the, in the U S you know, Vanessa, you're in the United States, Nick and I are in Canada, but we have those same conversations here about this sort of polarization. Um, oh, yeah. We'll talk more about that a little later, but you know, so here we are, we're approaching Advent We're <clears throat> we're kind of getting into the rhythm of our tradition a little bit. And part of the thing, you know, that is, that happens at this time of year is like, you know, we, we anticipate the idea of the coming of Jesus, the, the incarnation, we tell that story, we live mm-hmm. into that story. Um, and one of the terms, one of the titles that's really popular this time of year is Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. I want to get into that. I want to set the table for you, Nick. Talk to me about Prince of Peace. What does it mean? Oh, man. This is... Up until a few years ago, it was just a title that people gave to Jesus for me. Mm. Um, I grew up with it. It's in the hymns. It's in the Christmas carols. It's in the scriptures. Like, oh yeah, that's just like what they called them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a, it was a nice term for him. Like, oh, you're the Prince of Peace. Like, it's it was cute. <laughs> and then I learned something that gave it its power, and mm. it's it's one of my it's one of my favorite terms for him because if you go back to the nativity story that's where we first kind of get a sense of this Um, prince of peace was not a christian term prince of peace was one of the titles for the emperor of rome and so around the first turn of the first century after a really brutal civil war uh, between a few different kind of rulers in rome uh, there arose one triumphant individual his name was octavius and the name he gave himself was divine octavius the son of god and the prince of peace which is a, a, just a, such a dope title right. <laughs> if you're gonna give but, yourself a nickname or a yeah. title the son of god and the stuff. prince of peace yeah, yeah it's great um <laughs> and and the the propaganda that arose kind of from that of him kind of taking control over the entire empire prince of peace was one of the terms that he gave that they that he took and they gave him and they called him um and they called him that because peace was head finally after 100 years of civil war there was finally peace in the empire Mm. but the thing was it was a very particular kind of peace Uh, and we call it the pax romana the peace of rome it was a peace through violence and oppression and so it wasn't that peace had was had and people were kind of dancing around with like flowery dresses and like having tea with strangers. Right. Uh, but it was a peace through fear mm. because people knew if they stepped out of line, if they rocked the boat, if they questioned, they would be crucified. It was like a false peace to some degree. 
Yeah, yes, yeah, it was, a, yeah, I think, and we, we can look at that and call it, it's a false peace, uh, because you can't be peaceful when you're living in fear. Right. You can't be peaceful when you're constantly looking over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. And we know that kind of now, we get a sense of what that would have been like to live there of like, oh, someone weren't not wearing a mask. We get this fear of like, oh, can I actually say this without being yelled at in public? Am I going to rock the boat with my family at Thanksgiving by saying this? Mm-hmm. We know that feast could be and that peace and that sense of false peace, as you put it. Yeah. I um, mean, Octavius was super famous for if anyone questioned him, um, they would be crucified. Wow. And just to make an example out of people, he would crucify our entire villages just wow. to be like, don't you dare step out. And so in the kind of the history of the time, like there would be places like Magdala, where Mary was from, mm-hmm. uh, where he would just kill everyone, women and children, just to be like, don't you dare step out. Wow. If you, if Chris revolted, like we'd all, all get killed just to make a point. And that's how peace was head. That's why peace was celebrated because everyone was just terrified. And so to worship the emperor as the prince of peace was a very common thing. And then slowly this new story starts getting told mm-hmm. about this baby that had been born and how he was the prince of peace. But the story is making this really subversive, powerful and beautiful point by saying it's a very different kind of peace. This is a piece of shalom. It's not a piece from fear. It's not a peace from violence. It's not a peace from oppression, but it's a peace from love. We see in Christmas time is this, this oppositional story being set up against the narrative of empire being like, no, you can have peace and we can have a very different kind of peace. And it's not the way of violence, but it is the way of, of love and justice. And so we have this invitation to, to live into a different kind of story and to live in a very different kind of way. And so when we celebrate Jesus being the Prince of Peace, it's a profoundly political term. It's a profoundly subversive term that invites us not just to worship a different kind of peace, but to engage in a different kind of living and build a different kind of world. I love that. Okay, I've never heard that backstory about the Prince of Peace. And to me, um, as a Christian, I'm like, oh, so that's why Jesus was also a threat. Yeah, man. Yeah. Why, yeah, why are you exactly. afraid of this baby? Oh, now I get it. Yeah. When you, when you look at the Herod part, like no wonder he was so terrified because yeah. the wise men show up. They're like, oh, we, we came to find this new king, this prince of peace. And, and you see this in Herod and the wise men, the magi, wise people, who knows who they were. Mm-hmm. They kind of like recognized the, the threat that mm-hmm. Herod had. And so no wonder Herod wanted to kill the baby because he saw in the baby this, this being that threatened the entire foundation of Rome and threatened his power and his control. And so, yeah, like it's a, it's a profoundly powerful backstory. That, and once we hear it, like Obviously. Christmas changes completely. Yeah. Completely changes and becomes the most powerful story we have carols change carols become protest songs and the whole thing takes on this this power and liberation that that i had never seen in it before right the previous prince of peace was shutting people up and putting fear and 
our Prince of Peace, which is Jesus Christ, he came to give us a voice and to give us freedom and give us an opportunity to live and not to die. So and that's uh, really yes. cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's just really yeah. cool. Preach, I'm, preach. Just, I'm just having that revelation like, wow, that is so cool. I love hearing the backstory. I love it. Okay, so Prince of Peace, it's a, it's activist. It's, it's protest. It's subversive. It's, it's... Um, anti-empire it's Mm -hmm. all that stuff what can we do Mm. to be part of this i think specifically i think a lot of our listeners you know like i said the majority of the folks who are listening along at home you know they're christ followers they're part of a church community um and a lot of them are already doing such fantastic work of being peacemakers and such important work uh, of solidarity and and undermining these systems of oppression. Like there's so many people that I know who are doing that great work. Um, but then also maybe there are some folks who are like, hey, this is the first time I'm hearing this. I need to know mm-hmm. what, what can I do? What can we do? What can the church do to be part of this resistance of the yeah. Prince of Peace? Yeah, and that's that's the question. That is the question that we need in our world right now, both for those who are already doing this, but also for those of us where this is a new idea. And so let's let's build up. Let's start with the individual, then we can work up to the communal. Um, to be a maker of peace is to be someone who takes risks. It's dangerous work. Yeah. That's good. Um, it's something that takes a lot of courage and a lot of vulnerability and a lot of struggle. Um, it's not easy or safe. Um, speaking out for others, standing up for others, being present um, for others, um, it requires a risk and it, it requires a cost. Yeah. Um, and so to, be, to do this work, um, it's really bold and radical and revolutionary work, but it comes with a cost and a risk. Hmm. And so part of what we have to do at the individual level is kind of find some spiritual practices that we can do that ground ourselves in, in hope that what I'm going to do will matter and this is worth it. Um, and kind of cultivates courage to be like, no, I have, I have to do this. Hmm. And, and one of the things we do in my community is we talk a lot about um, how memory can actually be a helpful thing to use here. Hmm. When, when we encourage people to think back to a point in your life when, when you stood up for somebody, when you rocked the boat, maybe it was a someone that you loved, maybe it was a stranger, but you did that really risky and dangerous and costly work of speaking out for a, a cause. Hmm. And we encourage people to think about like, do you regret it? And they all say no. They all say, actually, it made me feel more alive than before. Hmm. Despite how scary it was, despite how risky it was, it made me feel more alive, more on fire. Like I hummed in a new way. Yeah. I'm like, yes, that's lean into that. Cause that feeling right there, that's joy. That is you moving into your truest self. That's you living into your creational intent. That's you being caught up in the spirit. And that's the feeling that we can hold on to that lets us know this is the way we need to go. And so if we can remember those moments and trust that that is what happens, that gives us, gives us a bit more prompting, a bit more kind of greases the wheels, so to speak, for us to kind of keep doing this yeah. because we know that it can make a difference and we can trust in that experience. Hmm. 
Um, and at the communal level, we just need to, to remember, hey, this is what Jesus calls us to do. Mm. He calls us to be makers of peace. Yeah. You know, in his Beatitudes, it's, you know, blessed are the peacemakers. Um, and that's not just kind of being, being this community that welcomes people with a smile and a cup of coffee when they come into their buildings, but that's people who engage in the work of justice making. That's people who engage in the work, especially right now, of, of choosing to listen and choosing to sit down, be quiet, and let the reality and the experience of others shape our own so we can actually have a sense of what is often broken in the world. Hmm. Because for those of us, especially in the church, who have power and privilege, I think a lot of us would be like, things are peaceful. Things are fine. Right. Like, I, I, my boat's not being rocked. My livelihood's not being challenged. And so we can just very blissfully be ignorant to what is actually off in the world. And it's only by choosing to listen. It's only by making space at the table for others. It's only by passing the microphone on to them that we can actually learn what is off. We can let our experience be shaped by theirs and we can kind of let them direct us to the work that needs to be done and learn how we can be a support. Yeah. I think people tend to forget or maybe don't even know that listening is a ministry. Oh yeah, yeah. Listening is a ministry. Mm -hmm. There's a time to speak and rise up and then there's a time to just sit still and listen. Yeah. Um, and when I think about that, I, I, I think about you, Chris, um, you're, you're a great listener and that's part of your background. Mm -hmm. And um, there's just a peace and a warmth mm -hmm. and a connection when somebody listens and just sits still. Right. Yeah. Right. There's peace. There's peace there. No wonder people wanted to be around Jesus because I believe he was a number one listener yeah and, th and those are those kingdom moments right where right. even if we're surrounded by chaos mm -hmm. um if even just two people right. can feel like they're heard and seen and therefore validated right exactly oh like there's yeah you're bang on like there's a sense of peace there mm -hmm. and that's where we need to start because mm -hmm. we have to trust that that peace will then flow out from us into the rest of the world and our job then is to be advocates and allies and accomplices where we take the lessons we learn from listening and we can speak like, actually, you know what? I met someone who, you know, is whatever. And their story is this and like a chain and share that experience. Storytelling is such a beautiful way to cultivate peace and justice. Yeah. Right. And it's one of the only ways to really do it. And that's one of those things that Jesus did so well. He told parables, he listened, he ate together, he shared stories. They listened to stories. Right. And that's how we can both individually and communally kind of cultivate peace and move towards that aspect of shalom, which is really just more and more people coming back together. Because mm -hmm. it's when we're together that we see each other as loved and worthy of dignity and belonging and place. And once you have that, I have to trust that peace is just like a natural outcome of that. Because mm -hmm. you've made justice, peace just flows out of that. Yes. Just mm -hmm. yes. All of that. Yes. Right. To the whole thing. I'm <laughs> it's good. It's good. Um one of the things 
I think uh, it's really cool. Vanessa and I, you know, get the opportunity to work uh, with for an organization that is all about this sort of this peacemaking, this partnering uh, with with God's mission and God's vision um, for building shalom. And for you listening, uh, if you're a church leader, uh, if you are, you know, just a, a follower of Jesus who who wants a starting place, one of the ways that you can do that uh, is partnering with World Renew. And especially at this time of year, checking out our gift catalog, which has a lot of opportunities for uh, peacemaking, peace building, bringing shalom to some of the most vulnerable communities all around the world so yeah just check out this message from our friends at world renew if hope made a sound what might we hear the splash of clean water or the clang of a farmer's tool when you give through the world renew gift catalog hope can come in all shapes and sizes because your gift big or small sends vital tools to communities in 20 different countries that are facing poverty and those tools bring the hope of Jesus to families in need. This Christmas season, give at worldrenew.net slash gifts. So we have been talking about peace and it has been mind blowing. As we talk, we said earlier, I believe some listeners might have to put a pause or might have to rewind and be and really listen to what was said because there's some richness coming out of this. I'm excited. And some people might be, listening and and thinking you guys are in la la land peace like that's not happening in my world Mm. that is where do you live what is your life like so and it's true we live in a time that is filled with turmoil and tensions of all kinds and family and churches and schools and wherever there's uncertainties all over the place how can we be peacemakers in this climax and this reality? How can we live um, like Jesus and, and invite people to do this thing called peace? Oh, I mean, that's the question, right? I mean, how do we how do we have peace with people who deny our existence? Mm-hmm. How do we have peace with people who say our lives don't matter? How do we live? you know, in peace with people who are diametrically, ethically, morally, spiritually opposed to everything we stand for. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Um, Um, That, my honest answer is that's the tension we have to live in. mm. Like if there was an easy answer to that, we would have figured this out 2000 years ago. mm. Um, But leaning into that tension, acknowledging that, yeah, this is the the tension that we have to live in. brings some amount of peace with that, of being able to be like, okay, this is a tension I have to live in. My answer is one that Chris gave me a long, long time ago. And and that's, we have to struggle well in doing that. We have to live into the, the ongoing struggle of striving to be at peace with each other. Hmm. Now that does not mean we have to be in unity with each other. Ooh, that's good. We're not called to be buddy-buddy with people who deny our existence. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not called to reconcile with those who have killed our siblings. Mm-hmm. 
but we do need to live at peace with them. Mm. And so I think the, the, if, if this answers your question, um, we need to first focus on being justice makers before we can focus on being peacemakers because you can't have peace without justice. Mm. And so if I can nuance the question a bit, you know, how do we be makers of justice in this world? I'm going to go back and say, we have to really do the, the striving, hard, difficult thing of listening, mm -hmm. of choosing to show up and making every moment matter and learning to do those really difficult, really difficult things of, of when someone says something that's just straight up racist or homophobic, mm -hmm. um, stop the conversation and, and engage in that. Mm. You're not responsible for what they do with that. But we are responsible for us in that moment saying like, hold up, actually, let's talk about that. Mm. And how do we do that generously? Right. How do we do that knowing that they're also victims of toxic theology and mm -hmm. narratives and maybe they just don't know. Maybe they've right. never been exposed. Exactly. And so how do, how do, we, how do we be gracious and generous with that? Mm -hmm. But also... How do we hold people accountable to the things that they believe and the actions that they'd have? Right. Because Jesus called us to be peacemakers, not people that are passive. Yes. Yeah. Because I could see like at the at the table, family dinner, somebody doesn't want to say anything to quote unquote keep the peace. But in reality, they're just being passive because they're afraid. Like you yeah. said, bringing peace is is scary. It's bold. It's uncomfortable. But that's what God is calling us to do. Be peacemakers yeah. and be wise and yeah. you and, and a tap in leaning on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us. Yes. We have to acknowledge it and allow him to speak through us as mm. we try to be peacemakers. Yeah. And, and something that, that I've learned from my friend John is when you go into those moments and you know you're going to have to struggle through it. Right. Uh, yeah. You start with spirit. You start with a breath. Yes. And you just like, just slow down, deep breath, yeah. trust in that she's with you. And you just like, you go mm -hmm. and you lead with love, yeah. but you also lead with justice and like, no, this matters. This is not something we can just let kind of float by. Because right. if this is the world that God calls us to help make, if this is the goal of everything, like we, why, why are we staying silent? <laughs> yeah why are we why are we letting that go yeah. why are we not calling people out why are we not standing in solidarity like this mm -hmm. matters mm -hmm. and it's so easy for me to say that and the people being like well that's easier said than done like yeah right. it is yeah mm -hmm. yeah i hear you and the struggle the 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 tension is trying to do that every single moment of every single day leaning into grace um, and trusting that, no, that spirit of peace is with us. Hmm. And when we choose to be aligned with that spirit, we just have to trust that anything we do, that was enough. Hmm. And God will do God's thing. Right. And we don't need to be the one who actually does it. We just need to be a part of it. That's yeah. Awesome. You know, because yeah. if, if we try to be God in this and control everything, we're like, we're just going to be even more screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Epic fail. 
Well, it's that's it's that like we've talked about this, Nick, uh, before. It's that idea of you know, like we're called to bear witness. The, mm-hmm. the, con- the work of conversion and transformation is the work of the spirit. Amen. I can't yeah. make that happen. Yeah. I don't, I don't have the tools. I don't have the abilities. I wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah. To figure yeah, it out. One of my, yeah, exactly. And one of my teachers, he talks a lot about how we want things to be like a switch that we can just flick and everything kind of changes. And that'd be nice. Uh, but it's more like a seed. It's something that you have to plant. And it's something that more likely than not, someone else is going to water somebody else is going to cultivate someone else is going to prune and all that we can do is be like no i was a part of that process yeah you know jesus knew he was playing the long game (laughs) and leaning into that and just trusting that we can kind of grow this garden bit by bit by bit um hey you know well done my good and faithful servant like you did your part yeah you did your part and like, remember that feeling that you got? Yeah, like, good job. Check mark, check mark, gold <laughs> sticker. Um, gold sticker. But keep yeah. going, keep going. Deep breath, look after yourself, keep going. Yeah. And in our like- climate right now, we have to just, you know, deep breaths, slow, steady struggle. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to hope, we have to think that at some point, at some day, in some year, we will get there. Mm-hmm. and trust that things are getting better and that we are moving closer and closer and closer together to that vision of shalom that we've been given. Yeah. I love that. I think part of what I heard you say, Nick, and I think what we've been talking about here is the idea that I'm not in conflict with the person who has a different belief than me. I'm in conflict with their belief or I'm in conflict. Yeah. With their they are not my enemy. They are someone that I'm still called to love and I'm still called to acknowledge the dignity of, of, you know, that inherent God breathed dignity in them as well. I will resist and I will fight as hard as I can against, you know, hurtful and problematic beliefs, Mm. but I'm not at war with that person. Um, and I think like for, you know, like you just got to go on Twitter and what starts often starts as thoughtful conversations ends up being this just vitriolic venom spewing shouting yeah. match yeah. that doesn't. Yeah. So yeah, struggle, resist, live into that love. Um, but also it, you're not at war. That person that you're engaging is not your enemy. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, the moment we do that, the moment we see them that way is the moment we shift to that imperial camp of Pax Romana mm-hmm. and we start cultivating the other kind of peace, this peace that wins through victory, through triumph, through oppression, through winning. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And Jesus calls us to do that really subversive, really difficult work of, you know, sometimes winning by losing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just trusting that, nope, this is the way and saying, I love you. Not the time for this conversation right now. Just don't win by beating them over the head with it. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that's the whole, you know, cast your pearls before swine thing. It's just not, it's just mm-hmm. not going to work. Yeah. So great, man. Um, Vanessa is going to share a resource or point us all to a resource uh, just in a little bit. Um, 
that will help us as individuals in our churches, you know, to, as we move through Advent to talk a little bit about, yeah, what does this peacemaking thing look like? How do we do it? But uh, Nick, before we go, where can folks track with the work that you're doing um, sort of keep in touch with, with you and yeah, to see, see what's up. Uh, you can find me on the socials. Um, Nick A. Coates, that's N-I-C-K-A-C-O-A-T-E-S uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and you can also find my not very often updated website at nickacoates.com. Um, one day I'll get to doing that. Uh, but yeah, you can find all my work there. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm, it was such a joy. Thank you. You know, in Micah 5.5, 5, we read that he will be our peace, right? And in and, and this Advent season, World Renew and the Office of Social Justice and the Christian Reformed Church is diving into what that means for us as followers of Christ. So we invite you, our listeners, to continue this conversation about peace of Christ in our lives by engaging with our Advent devotion series. How cool. I'm excited about these devotions, um, which you can find in the show notes and also at worldrenew.net slash advent. Come and join us. Let's dig deeper. Let's let's continue to learn about peace and, 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 and how we can bring it to the table in our homes and to our church and into our community. Hmm. I'm excited to to practice this in boldness. So. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. It's an exciting conversation. Um so folks, I hope that this has been an enriching conversation. Nick, thanks again so much, man, for, for being with us. Uh, Appreciate and, it. Thank you. Yeah. And just sharing. I always walk away from our conversations feeling uplifted and challenged mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, and so, yeah, folks, yeah, struggle well through this peacemaking endeavor that we are called to do. I, may you do it with grace and may you do it with peace. The Do Justice podcast is produced and edited by World Renew in partnership with the Office of Social Justice and Center for Public Dialogue of the Christian Reformed Church of North America. Our opening theme was written by Quetzal Kantla. Transitions provided by Valentin Sosnitsky. Until next time, remember that the Lord is righteous, he loves justice, and the upright will see his face. Mm-hmm.